You're listening to the e-commerce marketing show presented by Privy. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for listening to another episode of the e-commerce marketing show. I'm super excited because today I have Rachel Lambeau on, and she is the co-founder and CEO of Shade Baron. And you know, we try not to always have customers on because you know people then they're like, this just turns into a review. But she also happens to be a customer and has a marketing business on the side. So, hey, Rachel, nice to meet you, and thanks for coming on. Uh, nice to meet you, too, Dave. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Okay, so can you give us some background on your business? Did you name your business after the singer? Like, No, my mom's name is Shade. Oh, so really? The singer is, she's half Nigerian, so her dad's Nigerian, and my mom and her share the same first name. So her full name is Fola Shade, but most people call her Shade because it's just so hard to say. Right before this, this is not the reason I was late, I promise you, but right before this, I saw that you're in Toronto. And so I Googled where Shade is from and I was like, is she from Toronto? Oh, she's not. Okay. So I, I, I didn't know if it was, it was a leap, but you don't see it in too many brand names. So I love it. It's awesome. Yeah, so so what, what, what's the story though? You and your mom run this business together? Yeah, we do. We run it together. So it was, it was almost like a homage to my mom. She thought it was like when we first brought up the idea or I brought up the idea to run a business. She was in her fifties and she thought it was ridiculous for her to start a business just because she still had that mindset of believing like 30 years ago, it was almost impossible for a woman to start a business without getting like a co-sign from a husband or like a male individual. So she was like, I don't know, it's, you know, it might sound a little ridiculous. I don't know if this would be like really worth it. Would people really buy my stuff? So it was kind of like a way of just saying, hey, let's try, let's do it. I mean, you make really great products and let's see how it works, right? So 50 years old is typically not when somebody's like, you know what I should do right now? Start a business. Like, did she have business experience, marketing experience, or was she like making products? Like, what's the background? So my mom is a nurse by trade and a midwife. So she has about 35 years experience of being a nurse and a midwife. So she would always tell people like, you should try this. You shouldn't use this medication. Try something else. Go natural. So it was kind of like that perspective a lot. And she was always like a caregiver, like somebody who cares and like nurtures people. She was delivering babies in the eighties, you know, when it was like the old school way of doing it versus now. And so my mom comes from that background and she's always like botany and herbs. Like if you see her house, it's full of like aloe vera plants and plants all over the place. Like it's like literally walking into her greenhouse and being like, Hey, this, this air feels so much different than her, her in her home. So her background really is coming from a medical perspective. And so like her idea was just like, she wanted just to help people. Like she'd see babies and be like, I see a baby rash. Here is this oil. Try this bomb. And like, she'll like literally like a mom, you know, when you go home to your mom and she's like, eat, eat, eat. My mom's like, apply this, apply this, apply that, you know? My wife's best friend's mom is that same person where she's like, don't take this medicine. Like, oh, you have a sore throat here. Here, take this. You need this shot of, you know, ginger, turmeric, whatever. She's always got like a natural remedy for that. It's an amazing type of person to know. Yeah, definitely. I can tell my mom, I'm like, I have a headache. Like I told her earlier, I had a headache. She's like, here, take this and apply this on your temple. Put some essential oil. Like, it's just like, it never stops. So like, I just call her every single time I have any issues, anything. She'll have a remedy that she knows about. 
And I think that's sort of the perspective that she loves taking. So clearly, like she has a passion for this kind of industry. But can you take me back to like you two actually starting this business? Like, are are you sitting at the kitchen table and you're like, let's do it? And I know how, and I'm going to sign up for Shopify or I don't know, whatever. Like, I want to know. I want to. I want to know that process because the the people who listen to this show are, are people that are like exactly like you in, in in that stage of starting a business. And so I just like I want to go back and really focus on like what happened. How did that whole process start? So we actually started in 2014. So my mom was making like oils and stuff. And I was like, hey, why don't you like sell this? Like, why don't you just sell this and not just give it away for free, right? Like you have obviously people love this product. They come back, they keep asking for it. And at the time I was also working as a brand manager for another skincare line. I was like, you know what? I think I have enough experience to like start a business. So in 2014, my mom was like, she was selling a lot of oils or like giving oils away, I should say. And I said to her, why don't we try to start a business? And she's like, well, I don't know if the oils are going to be great. And I was like, well, why don't you try soap? She knew a little bit about soap making, but not enough for her to start the business. So I was like, you know what? Let me buy you a soap course, a one-on-one soap course in the city that you live in. Cause she doesn't live in Toronto. She lives in another province. And I said, let me buy you a course. Let me find something close to your place. And so I bought her a ticket to this and she was so excited. Guess what? She showed up a day early to the course. Okay. It was on a Saturday and she showed up on a Friday. This is my mother. Okay. So she calls me and she's like, Rachel, they're not open. I was like, well, what days does the course say? She's like, oh, it's Saturday. I'm like, what's today? She's like, Friday. I'm like, well, got to drive back home. So anyways, she kind of did the course for two years. Uh, one-on-one courses, a bunch of just learning and doing certificates online. And then in 2016, I was like, you know what, why don't we actually launch it in the summer? So from 2014 to 2016, we kind of just figured out what kind of products we wanted to sell, first of all. And our main focus was soaps because we felt like there was a lot of soaps out there that were not really clean. And then our main focus was also staying away from skincare and really focusing on body care. And that also just came from a moment of me walking into a drugstore and saying, hey, I'm not finding like something really extremely clean or it's super expensive or the ingredients just don't sound right. Let me look this up. And then going into the health store as well, there was not a lot of options either in that category either. And so there was a space in between that is like, let's find premium quality, clean products for a really affordable price. And so that's how we kind of like positioned ourselves when we were creating this line from 2014 to 2016 of doing it that way. You felt pretty good about, I mean, who knows how you actually feel starting a business, but did you feel pretty good about the like product fit opportunity in, in the market? Just given that you've gone to, you know, you go to stores, you, you don't see a need for that. Like you don't see this product, but you felt pretty good about there would be a need for this. Yeah, we did feel very good about it because knowing body care, it was just like people really still assume that it was skincare a lot of times. So a lot of people are just really learning over the last six or seven years that I've noticed that people are now differentiating body care and skincare. So I think we really felt like there was a lot more room and opportunity in the body care category. So we really wanted to take advantage of that. And my mom and I love body care. So we like, let's do something that we actually think we're really good at seeing and noticing because we as customers always look for that stuff. So I think that was like, that's why we were so confident about it. This is one of the most important pieces. So I'm I'm new to e-commerce. This is like first time that I've been in this industry, but it seems like 
the key to building a brand is to actually have a story, have a real problem. Like you actually went and felt this, you experienced this firsthand verse, like, sure, you can build a million dollar plus drop shipping business, but you don't actually feel the pain. You don't actually go and touch the product. Like that seems to be at the core of your whole story. How does that now play into your marketing? Like, do you tell that story? Like, I'm not, I'm not in the weeds on all of your marketing content, but do you and your mom like tell that story as part of the brand? Yeah, we definitely do. We definitely tell that story in our emails, like in our newsletters, when people like get the welcome series, we definitely talk about it that way. We also have it in our About Us page and like right in our front page. We try to like incorporate that in many aspects. And even when people meet us like at markets and pop-ups, they're like, hey, you know, where is Rachel? Where's Sade? I'm like, my mom's not here today. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like literally people would ask where she is and they would look so disappointed when it's not her, like when it's not me being Sade. And it's like, I mean, dude, that, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> that's what people want, right? People want to buy from people. They don't want to buy from some logo. I mean, that's just another, another, you know, Procter & Gamble, like body care product that they could go buy, but they want to buy from you for a reason. Yeah, for sure. Like that's like, I always gravitated to brands that were telling a story or I knew their why and what was their driver. So I think for us, it was really important that people knew that it was us and and we were making it and every product that they get, we've touched it, we filled it, we labeled it or sealed it. So they knew that it was really something that came from the heart and it was our passion as well. Take me into the launch. So like you have this idea for this first product. I want to focus mostly on the marketing. So like you make this product, you know, your mom iterates on it, it becomes good. When did you actually know you were ready to launch and, and what did you do to actually launch this and get this out into the world? I think we knew we were ready to launch when we did our first production run. It was like, it was a nightmare by the way. We like totally made so much product thinking that we're going to sell like everything out. So we made like 900 bars of soap. Okay. 900 bars of soap and like dozens of creams and lotions and things like that, different sizes. And we said, okay, a friend of mine was like, Hey, there's a vegetarian festival happening in Toronto. It's the largest one in North America. I think don't quote me on it. And I was like, okay, let me sign up for it. It was like a thousand bucks to like get a booth. So I was like, okay, let us sign up for this booth. I got some pre-signage done. I did all the graphic design for it. And we just launched to see, like test it out and see what people would say. So after three days, we ended up selling like 832 bars of soap. Like literally, we're like, okay, I guess this is working. Like people are looking for this. So it was really exciting for us to see that there was actually this interest. When you first saw the 900, were you stressed? Because you're like, oh my God, this feels like so much, this feels like so much product. Yes and no, because I was like literally not aware of what was happening, like what I was getting myself into. It's like a child walking into like, I don't know, a candy store thinking that they can eat all this stuff. And then they realize that they're going to have this really massive stomach pain. I had no expectations. I literally walked into the show. I said, let's display all this stuff. Let's see where it goes. My mom flew out from Alberta. And we both were just at the show and my sister also came to help me. And we just decided to do the three days. And like, as we were selling, we're like, oh, this is actually working. People like our products. Oh, wow. Like, very surprisingly, like we didn't actually know that this was going to work. How did you come up with the initial price? I think I just looked online. I researched, just saw like what other brands were doing. And I said, based on the amount of products, like the raw materials and the time we spent, I kind of just kind of came up with some kind of formula, but I think I used a benchmark was really good for me. It was just like, what are the brands 
in mm. my category were selling or even still. Did you have like a margin target or you knew what the price was? Like, hey, these brands usually make a 5% margin. So we want to try that. No, I didn't know any of that stuff. I, w- I didn't even <laughs> go into that. I actually just started like maybe two years ago to care about this stuff because people were telling me, listen, if you want to scale, you got to do all this stuff. So like very heavy pain point it was understanding like my pricing. But I think based on just like what we could find and what I could just do on my research on, on my own, I was like, okay, well, they're charging eight, $9 for the soap and our soap is slightly bigger in size and we're using better quality products. So let's like maybe aim to be as close or maybe $2 higher or 10%, you know, less, you know, that's how we kind of paste the price on. You could have spent six months trying to optimize the perfect price and launch it and no one comes to your booth that day and buys anything. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that could have happened too. And totally, we also did like a whole offer because people love going to markets and like buying stuff that's like two for 20 or something. So what we did is we did a whole offer at four for 16. And there was a lot of other soap vendors out there and our bars were like twice as big and we're offering four for $16 versus some people were offering four for 20. So that was kind of like the strategy we took. We we're just like, hey, we're just gonna try to see if this works and it, it did, so. It's great. I mean, it's like, Marketing is about understanding like what's happening and, and how people make decisions. And so you, you clearly like saw a need for a product. You did the research on the industry. Like that's stuff that doesn't show up in like a marketing textbook. But if you can understand people, like that's the majority of marketing. On that first day that you sold 832 bars of soap, which is obviously some multiple of four. I'm not the math guy, so I'm not, not going to do that. But did you like capture contact info from those people? Were you getting emails? What happened? So like, <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. Like again, um, I didn't actually capture anybody's emails, but I had a lot of people take my cards that day and they sent me emails. <laughs> They're like, do you have a website? I'm like, no, I don't. I didn't even know if I'm going to continue this business after <laughs> like that day. Um, it was really just us seeing and testing out our product in like the rawest form. Like if you even, if I showed you my packaging from like four years ago to now, it's literally um, night and day. And so we really didn't invest a lot of time into like making it look extremely beautiful, obviously, or the way it looks now. Um, We really focused on just making sure that the customer likes the product and that that was really, really important to us. So did you get a did you get a second wave of sales because like of the 832 bars people then when they wanted more they emailed you? Yeah, they emailed us and then so that the show happened in September <laughs> and I literally kept getting emails all the way till November until I got a Shopify site and I was like harassed like people like where can I buy this? Why would you create products and not have a website and I'm like I don't know. I'm so sorry. I work full time too. Hey, so that's kind of like That's the position you want to be in as a business versus the other way, right? Exactly. Exactly. For sure. For sure. Okay. So, so what, what, what like led you to Shopify? Why did you pick Shopify? How did you figure out what the heck to do? Did you work with a consultant, a brand person? Like, I want to know the whole, how'd you get it set up? So I actually went to school for advertising and design. So I come from a design and branding background. And while I was in university, this was years ago, I was freelancing for people making WordPress sites, um, 
Shopify site. So when Shopify actually came out, like I remember it being like $300 a month and I got a client on it. And that's how I learned about Shopify. And I remember even like, I think Matthew or Tobias, uh, Tobias actually picking up their phone when I used to call the auto office and be like, Hey, I need help with this. So like I knew Shopify from like when it actually started. And I really like thought Shopify was really awesome. And the strides that they've made from the time when I used it to now was like really significant. And I knew Shopify was the best way because it was Canadian too on top of it. So I wanted to support that. And I just loved how easy it was to use. Like the setup was super fast. Um, and I just had like a web background too. So I just kind of quickly put it together. I did do nothing fancy again. I'm telling you, I just like slapped it together. I found a free theme online and I just put it together. And, and that's how I kind of started with um, Shopify. I'm smiling. I was tra- smiling because it's like, this was meant to be. You you have a background in this world. Your mom has a background. Like this, that, that that's how this that's how a great business gets gets built. Like you you knew what you're doing. It's not like you you know you, you've been building WordPress. Like I mean that's that's amazing. That, that, that it must be a, a ton of fun to be able to do this now. Yeah, it's like so uh, so much easier. I mean, like I did all the art direction for my photo shoot. I did all the packaging. I knew all the printers. Like I knew exactly what to tell them what I wanted, and like it. So it was a lot easier to, um, you know, go where I needed to go with uh, the little cost or the little budget I had because I had already some of the skill sets. So yeah, I just picked Shopify for those many reasons because it just seemed easy to use and it was not expensive. Uh, and it was Canadian. And so that was kind of like the. <laughs> <laughs> and it was Canadian. I, I don't blame you. It's, yeah, of course. <laughs> Canadian, so. there, and you could, and you could call up, you can call up Toby and get, um, you know, personal, personal support. I don't know if that's possible anymore. No, not anymore. I don't think anybody gets it. He's, he's way too rich for that. that <laughs> this point. Um, okay. So, so, so you mentioned like photo shoot production, how did you, how did you figure out what, what did you, what you wanted to do for like V1 of the website? Did you do photo shoot and all that stuff for, for the first version of the website? No, I actually shot all the pictures myself. <laughs> I just kind of shot them myself in my, in my balcony. I had a lot great, great sunlight and I, <clears throat> I thought, let me try it. Let me shoot that. And then I was listening to a podcast actually called my, my, my wife quit her job. I don't know if you know that guy. He like totally promotes um, a lot of the apps that I currently use. So um, I just was like, okay, you know what? I kind of need more emails to talk to people, I figured. And I needed to kind of somehow start sending emails and connecting to customers because I can't personally write emails every day. Um, I was working full time. (laughs) And on top of that, I just had to like get stuff done. So I, I started listening to his podcast and he had people on like like myself and he talked about tools that he uses to optimize his site and I didn't really understand what that meant at that point optimization of a site I knew from an SEO perspective what that meant but in terms of like a customer journey and experience so I just decided to sign up for uh, Privy and Clavio and kind of figure out how this pop-up would work on my site and how I would collect the emails and send them to the customer. So I kind of started just kind of playing around with that and ensuring how um, I can kind of make that happen. And that was sort of the, the start of like the Shopify site. Okay, what would you say to... This is so much fun. That's why I love doing this show. Um, 
What would you say, Rachel, what would you say to a, to another e-commerce brand founder like you who's like, um, I don't know. I don't want to put pop-ups on my site. Those are, those are annoying. You know, do people really want those? How would you answer that? Um, yes, they do want them first. Uh, two, it's part of your sales funnel. You want to talk to your customer um, via email. They love re- reading email. And emails are also a cheaper way of converting customers. Um, you can spend a lot more money converting customers um, via social media advertising. And the cost depends really on your order of purchase frequency and the average cart per value or average order value that you have in the cart. And that usually you can, that's how you can calculate that. But if they were not interested in the math, I would say it's just an easy way of connecting with your customer through email. It's the cheapest way to convert. And um, you can customize the pop-ups to what pages you actually want it to show up, show up and how long you want it to show up. So it's not about like just having pop-ups and having them show up everywhere, but you can create and customize them. Right. Like I'm, I'm, on, your, I'm on your site and I have it up because I was going to ask you about this. So first time, I, this is the first time I visited your site um, and I get this offer like probably a couple seconds after I scroll and it says, you're at the start of something good to get, uh, to get you off to an even better start, take 15% off your first purchase on us. And so I got to put my first name in and my email. Um, how does this offer convert for you? Really great. Fantastic. Have you, te- have you tested others? Like I'm, I'm guessing this isn't the first one that you just dreamt up and it worked. Yeah, we actually have two. So with like the tool Privy, you can actually customize it based on country. So it actually identified your IP address and gave you 15% off. If I was in Canada, it would have been 20, 25, 30. It would have been 20 because uh, it's a USD site. So a lot of Canadians are very like conservative. We're conservative folks on this part of the the line and uh, USD is a lot sometimes for them. So yes, we, we definitely tried a lot of different text words, um, offers, images, without images. And we kind of found a sweet spot for this particular pop-up. How, how often are you like looking at website stuff and, and, and testing it? Cause like you can kind of go down a hole and like change up an offer every day. Um, how often are you actually thinking about what's, what's on your site at, right now? Um, I think every 90 days, I think is great for us. Um, so I'll go in and change something. Sometimes it's twice a month, depending if we have like any offers or we have a new product or we're having a sale going on, or, um, we just want to make an announcement or we want to highlight a product for a specific seasonal thing. But usually it's like every 90 days, um, the pop-ups don't change very often. We try to test them out and see and read the data and kind of understand like what's actually happening who's using it? How are they using it? Why are they clicking off? Is it not compelling enough? So these are the questions that we usually ask for ourselves. And in terms of like making it like a daily thing, like you said, like a rabbit hole, and we try to tend to stick to like having like goals every quarter and kind of sticking to that and ensuring that we're not um, kind of going into like a rabbit hole and not doing those things. What happened? How, how do you think about how do you think about email? Because you have this thing now. You're always capturing emails. Like, what 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 different ways do you use email? Um, we use email to we use emails for our marketing flows, like so, uh, like our automated flows. But then we also use emails to announce do announcements. We do emails to segment segment customers too. So we reward different customers differently, and we also reach out to customers that are like 
Um, haven't we haven't heard back from in a while? So we we try to segment them so we can talk to them individually. And the reason why we collect people's names is because we really like personalizing them as well. I feel like I feel so much better when my name is on an email. So I thought it I feel like feels good. It also just it also just fits with with your brand. Like it's such a personal story. It's such a personal product. Like you have to have that element in there. And it just feels, it feels better. People want to, people, people like hearing their, hearing their name. Um, how, how often, like, how, how do you think about an email strategy? Right. Cause I think one thing that I, I hear when I like hear customers or, or kind of small e-commerce brands is like, sometimes they're either in like all newsletter can't like all they do is send newsletters and never sell or all they do is sell and never do newsletters. Like, how do you, what advice do you have about those, about that email strategy? Like, what's the right mix? I think it's about like frequency too. I think that's one thing, choosing a frequency and deciding, hey, if you're gonna have, if you're just more sales focused and, uh, you know, just be very specific, maybe either with segmentation of your customer. So not selling, sending a sale to every single person, um, perhaps just rewarding. VIP customers, so people that have shopped more than three times or people that haven't come back recently. So that way you're not bombarding your entire master list. You're kind of just focusing on specifics. Um, and in terms of newsletters, we don't really send a lot of newsletters because it's really hard for us because I'm like literally just one person. And my mom, God knows, not, knows nothing about this thing. She just sees them in her mailbox. She's like, this looks nice. Um, but she, she also thinks that it's really important that um, we're not bombarding customers if we don't have anything to say. So I'm not going to send out an email every week. So sometimes if you have nothing to say, it's okay. It's okay not to email people. But if you have something to say, share it. Um, people love to hear your stories. Um, and I think personalizing it is really important. So that's part of our strategy. Is like We usually send an email when we are having an offer or a sale going on, or we have an announcement. Um, that we really want to share with people. We have a new product that we want to let people know about. So it's really just, a, a, it's optional depending on your customer base. So if you're very focused on like sales and you're having constant sales all the time, then segmentation would be a great, great way of doing that without bombarding the entire list. What types of automated emails do you have? Like, do you have, you know, order follow-ups, abandoned cart type of stuff? Do you have that stuff set up that's just kind of always going? Yeah, so we have a welcome flow and we, we realized our sweet spot was three emails. So some people sent like four or five. Um, our sweet spot was three emails and we actually changed the order. So we actually have like a quick introduction about it, it being my mom and I. And then in the second email, we kind of go into more detail as to why we chose body care and why it's so important to us. And I actually, on every email on the welcome flow, we have like, hey, um, you know, reply, like hit reply. And I get so many emails from people hitting actually reply. So I respond and people are like, I didn't think you were going to email me back. I'm like, yeah, I am. And I do all the time. Um, and then we also have an, a flow that we've actually put into place for um, what's happening with COVID um, where like they purchase something and then we send them an email like, thank you so much for buying this. But just remember that we're kind of like, uh, because of what's happening, you're you know, your package is not going to arrive in time. But if you have any questions, like hit reply. And people are like, I love your product. And like, I get all these personal messages. I get paragraphs sometimes from people, which is insane. I didn't think that people actually love like sending me an email. So I guess this is another opportunity. And then we have abandonment cart flows. We have customer winbacks, one and two. And then we also have segmentations for our US and our Canadian customers. Um, 
And then we also have um, cart saves as well uh, and browse abandonment. So we have, a, we have about 10 flows going on at the same time and we ensure that we're not overlapping or sending people emails. So we have some exclusions in there as well. I love that because I mean, that, that's a lot of stuff, but like if you're only one person, right? Like that's the power of marketing today is like you can have automation kind of always happening. And so you can go and, you know, get customers back and recover abandoned carts. So like, it's probably work to set all that up. It's not, it's not, it's not going to happen in two minutes, but, but like, don't you feel like that's, that's, that's like a healthy investment. Like it is worth spending two, four, however many hours it takes to set it up because now you can literally make sales while you're sleeping or while you're doing something else because you are only one person. Yeah, definitely. It, def- it definitely helps. And I think it's worth investing into that. It's a little bit of a pain point trying to um, create emails uh, that are personal. But I think um, the great thing about doing that is you can always go back and change it and fine tune it. So you're not like stuck to this one thing that is like you've designed it and it, like you cannot go back. And I, I kept it really simple. Like I didn't have like a beautiful graphic design in there. It's like my logo, first name, a paragraph, a product image, or like a lifestyle image that I had. And then just like, Hey, hit reply. And that was it. Like it wasn't anything crazy and a shop button for the, the homepage. So I kept it really simple. Okay. Speaking of not perfect and pretty stuff. I have a note in the prep notes that, that we have here that says, it says, ask her about uglify, uglifying your ads. So I'm going to ask you about uglifying your ads. Um, I think uglifying ads, like when you see beautiful ads on Instagram, people actually, or Facebook, people don't know how to interact with them because they're so perfect. Um, and you know it's an ad. But if you make it a slightly ugly, like ugly, then it all of a sudden people think it's content that they can actually interact with. And even though it's an ad, they'll still click on it, but it's slightly ugly. It's usually those ads that do really well. And actually, I can attest to this. So we were running these really beautiful videos that I like, got shot from my, from my brand, and they were just not converting. So uh, the girl, I, I hired an e-commerce consultant to help me. And I said to her, you know what? Maybe let's try something different. So we uglified the ads a little bit and stopped doing the beautiful video ones that we cut. And we kind of just did a slideshow of products and we added these ugly banners, like text banners and like solid black and then white text. And these, they were converting actually six times better. So, um, and I got that recommendation from this e-commerce expert that worked for uh, underwear line. He was a VP and I was, I was actually set up, um, I was introduced to him by the WeWork incubator. And he had, we had chatted like months before this. And he's like, you know what, Rachel, you got to uglify your ads. Perfect ads never do really well. And I can attest to this because we do hundreds of variations of uglifying ads and we can see that they actually work. And I can, I can show you data that this works. So I was like, you know what, it it doesn't hurt to uglify this ad. I mean, it's already a beautiful ad is already out there. So let's try it. And by the way, like, that means you can create that you can do the ad creative on your own. Like you can take a picture with your iPhone or like make a video with your iPhone. It, it also makes the feedback like you can, you can ship more creative because it doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's exactly it. It's not perfect. And you're kind of, um, you're not required to hire like a graphic designer and a bunch of other people to, you know, add to your marketing budget. You can literally do this yourself. And I think Facebook and, um, Instagram, which are the same, 
you know, offer you slideshow options where you can literally just put a bunch of pictures and create this um, ad really quickly in the comfort of your home. Well, like it, it makes sense, right? If, you, if we're all just like aimlessly scrolling on Facebook or Instagram, that perfect ad is just going to, it just blends in and it just feels like a, you know, a highly produced, like it just, we just kind of block it out where like oftentimes if, if, if it's that kind of like shaky, you know, maybe like blurry looking camera video that stops you and is like, wait, who is this? Yeah, what's that all about? Let me click on that. Um, it's, yeah, it does really well. I did a TikTok video of how I make Castile soap. And like, that was like converting so much better. It was like this ugly TikTok video that I created really quickly, just showing people like my eight steps of making Castile soap. And people were watching this because it was a lot more interesting than seeing a model putting lotion on ourselves. Wait, so, so hold on. Did you, you did a TikTok video and then did you take that video and use that video for ad creative? Yeah, I did. I, that is a masterclass in marketing because I bet you that you did the TikTok and like from the TikTok video, you probably got a little sense of response. Like, wow, people are really, really responding. Yeah. You hadn't spent a dollar on it nope. and you can take that ad and then go use it on an ad. And you know, you know, it's going to work because you've already done it. It worked organically. Now you take it and oh, it's amazing. Yeah. So I just doing simple stuff like that. Um, and even just using like now we're focusing less on like even ads that we're planning to create like video ads, we're going to use like tools that you can just quickly create these really ugly ads <laughs> or real ads, like stuff that a user can create by themselves versus like this heavy production that we initially thought would, would have been a better approach. And I mean, that's a lesson learned. How, how, do you think about like, psychology and, and how people make like buying decisions with your website and, and all of your marketing? Yeah, definitely. Um, we also look at data too. So we did like an audit and we realized that 44% of our sales were coming from bar soaps. And unfortunately at that time, the bar soap menu or the menu item was hidden in a dropdown. So people were literally falling off the site and not shopping because they were looking for the soap bar. Um, navigation and you couldn't find it. It was just lost in drop down. So I think the audit really helped with that. And then we also did like a heat test to see what, where people are like putting their mouse to and kind of understanding how the purchasing pattern is happening or how the customer journey is happening. And just based on like how I shop, I guess that's the psychology I use and like hearing friends and customers come up to me telling me like, oh yeah, I usually look for this or I look for that. And then we kind of start tweaking our menu constantly and trying to figure out ways to ensure that people are finding the items that they're really looking for. I love it. Now the soap is sold out. I'm looking some, at your yeah, site, right? Some sold of them out. are sold out, yeah. Sold out. Well, the reason that I asked about the psychology stuff is because like if I, if I go through your website, it's like you have a clear clear headline, clear story, a new approach to vegan body care. You're, you have your best-selling products up front. You have reviews and social proof right away. I'm reading, I see a review right now from Danielle. You have even more social proof by saying like, you've been featured in Refinery29, Toronto Life, Medium, L, Today's Parent. Um, you have more products. You have cus more customer reviews, 179 reviews, and the average is like four and a half stars. You have all your certifications. Like your your site is a masterclass in, in in marketing. I think it's the second time that I've that I've used that term, but it, it it's true. I think it's just trying it out and also seeing how. Like I I personally am going to tell you this. I look at sites that do really well. I look at other brands that are already figured out this 
what what's what's the whole point of reinventing the wheel when there's already proof out there that some of these people have done this and take a look and i mean this is all textbook marketing i just looked at sites that i admired that i knew they were really you know revenue flushed and they're selling a lot and they're all over the place and i just looked at what they were doing and i kept tweaking it until i got it right on my site so Maybe a year ago, I didn't have PR, so I didn't have that like press proof, but now I do. So I added it there and I didn't have a lot of reviews because I wasn't really aiming for that. So like one of the welcome flows now, or one of the flows on my email campaign is to reward customers when they write a review, right? I didn't have that two months ago. I really wanted to focus on having customers write reviews because I was wondering what would happen. I get a lot of emails about people saying, Hey, I love your products but I didn't get a lot of reviews. So I, I really worked on that. It's just fine tuning constantly. This is like, I don't know, an Italian recipe of making pasta. And you know, you're not going to get it right the, the first time and you're just going to keep improving until it tastes the way uh, Nana taught you, right? I don't know, right? <laughs> love it. I love it. No, what you, what you said is so important. And I actually like, as a, as a marketing, as somebody who leads a team of marketers, anytime we create something, whether that's a video, a new page, I, I'll say like, oh, okay, who, who is your role model for this? And if somebody's like, um, I just, I don't know, I just kind of made this up. I'm like, eh, no, go, go back, find two or three people who have, you find two or three good examples of, hey, we want to make a one minute hype video go and find two or three examples of a great hype video that you like and let's go make our version of that. And you're going to save yourself so much time and learning and you can just kind of try to copy that and make our version of it. Yeah, I do that all the time now. So like I, 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 I started adding these postcards, for example, into my products and it says, um, you know, your largest organ is, the, is your skin, right? So be aware what you put into it. I can't remember the actual wording for it. Did you, I, did you come up with that copy? That's, that's really good. No, I didn't. I, I just figured the largest organ, like I knew that from like biology class, which I like barely paid attention to by the ways. Uh, but I just thought, you know what? Like I sell body care and for some reason I need to reinforce my brand somehow. And so I created these beautiful postcards, a picture of the front. And then I created this, this beautiful text that people can put on their walls or whatever they want to do. And and I noticed that people started tagging me on Insta stories and sending me pictures. And this is helping me reinforce like my brand and what I sell is body care. So I need to ensure that people are, that's happening, you know? Um, but yeah, like just to talk the idea of not starting reinventing the wheel, find something that's been done already and then make it your own in the best way possible. I love it. Rachel, this has been awesome. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot with one last question, which is if you, if somebody who is you, but you know, maybe two or three years ago is listening right now and they're just getting an an e-commerce brand up and running, you got Shopify, you got whatever. Um, assuming you have a product that people want, what, what, what marketing advice would you give them? Can you, can you leave us with like maybe one, one takeaway about just kind of overall marketing strategy as a, as a brand? I don't actually, um, I think the best advice I would give you is, or give anybody is to try to do as many things free as possible and read. Um, there's a lot of information out on the internet. There's a lot, like you can read a lot about your, you know, email strategy or lead capture strategy. Um, try to read a lot of that stuff and take those courses that they have in the help sections and watch those videos. 
Um, I did a lot of that by myself for the longest time until I could actually afford to hire an e-com consultant or someone on my team. Um, and, and just keep learning and keep wanting to discover. I think that's really important as a marketing strategy and just changing it up. If it's not working, try something different. If you're listening to this and you want to go get a better feel for um, Rachel's brand, you can check out the website. It is uh, Sade Baron, which is S-A-D-E-B-A-R-O-N.com. Check it out. Don't go messing around with her pop-up. So only sign up if you're actually going to go buy something. And uh, you know, there's a lot of good products out there. I, hey, this, this is a good plug for you. I think I'm, that's enough. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dave, for having me. I had so much fun talking to you. Honestly, it was like a really great interview. Um, just like talking to you and and um, telling you about my brand. It, it's really hard to talk about it that way because I don't always do it. So um, yeah, I had a lot of fun. Good. All right, we got to do more. We got to do more. I got to get better. I've been listening to more more customer calls. I got to get I got to get in the weeds more. This is one amazing way to learn and. Uh, Hopefully there's there, you know, in this kind of 30, 40 minute interview, I know you're going to get at least one or two new things, even if it's just go find role models in your industry, check out their website, sign up for their emails, you know, fill up your Trello boards with screenshots of that stuff before you actually go out and, and do it. So Rachel, you're awesome. We will talk to you soon. Thanks everybody for listening. If you like this interview, don't leave a review because of me, leave a review because of Rachel and the awesome knowledge that she dropped. So That's it. We're out of here. Rachel, thank you. I will talk to you later. Okay, bye. Hey, it's Dave. Thanks for listening to another episode of the e-commerce marketing show. If you like the show, like the content, especially if you're in e-commerce, have a Shopify store and you're selling things online, Shopify, big commerce, whatever you're using out there to grow your business, I want you to go to privy.com slash join. That's one place to get all of the content that we're putting out here, including the podcast, masterclass Q&As with experts, website teardowns, email teardowns, and all of the content from our blog twice a week. Go check it out, privy.com slash join.